I am like so. I, I just have such a burden right now as you're talking for the people, like the 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 men who are called, like genuinely, not hirelings, but like like called yeah. to shepherd the flock, right? And, and and are unfortunately in just droves, they are put into these horrible positions where they have these bad expectations mm. from others that are being cast on them. They they have a genuine desire to love and to care for people and to proclaim God's word, but it's not bringing enough people into the church. So now, you know, mm. maybe you need to get a better PowerPoint going. or yeah. you know, poor, better PowerPoint. Why are cooler, you using PowerPoint still? Cooler man? hair. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you wore a suit. <laughs> a suit. <laughs> or you should start wearing shorts and sandals and, like, got to get hip with the current generation. Please, man, like, please, how no. many burdens no. are being cast <laughs> on men like that have this genuine desire and, and is being, it's being hampered by, like, just this... Well, and legalism, and and how many how many congregations are forcing their elders mm. to live in sin? Mm. Welcome to the Blacktop Pulpit. <laughs> we back, back, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> uh, but we are, uh, of course. This show has moved away from the church at Sunsites. It is now a show by Douglas Reformed Church. Amen. Finally a thing, right? Now a show by Douglas Reformed Church. Uh, and the show moved away from the church at Sunsites for for a couple reasons. Uh, one of those, well, I'm no longer serving at the church at Sunsites. It's a good reason. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, and I don't... You know, there's always the the flesh, which wants to, I think, attack those who attack us. Right. Um, and there has been much, and I don't feel bad saying this, right? There, there's been much uh, slander of my name mm-hmm. um, and of yours. That's right. Yeah. Um, Quite a few there's, words. there's been much maligning. Um, even legal action taken by a church organization, those in power to uh, to keep us from coming to meetings, to keep you from coming to meetings. And then I, I just received a letter in the mail saying, nope, you're no longer welcome to be a member, no longer welcome to attend, don't even come to this campus. Right. And uh, I'm sure there were some people who were very confused about all of that. Um, I'm still confused <laughs> about all of that, you know, um, because I... Man, I just, I love the church and I love the people. Right. And uh, I believe Romans chapter 12, when it tells us the Holy Spirit working in us, causes us to be, uh, in fact, it's even active on our part, right? Therefore, because God has done all this work, Romans 1 through 11, therefore be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, That way you can test the perfect will of God. And on down in chapter 12, a part of that is far as it depends on you living at peace with all people mm-hmm. um, I try to do that as much as possible I don't think I don't think I don't think drama really benefits the kingdom of God that much as so I, I you know I just want to call people and hopefully set the example to uh, live at peace with all people love your enemies pray for those who persecute you um, yeah that's I hope that I've hope that I've been able to do that um, but all that being said, the show has moved away from the church at Sunsites. Now Douglas Reformed Church. And uh, we are not here to dwell on anything because God has obviously called us to move forward. That's right. Um, I have discovered in my very long life, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I discovered quite, quite some time back that the more we focus on how we think other people have wronged us, the more we just cripple ourselves from doing anything meaningful in life. No doubt. So, so man, we move forward. And yeah. I'm excited about Douglas Reformed Church. Uh, I'm excited about the movement of Blacktop Pulpit to Douglas Reformed Church. <laughs> I keep just wanting to say Douglas Church. <laughs> I know, and you do quite frequently. Yeah, which we <laughs> talked about quite a bit. You know, We're down to the wire here on the name. So. <laughs> the name, yeah. This happened now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited too. And yeah. And yeah, entering into something like this on the basis of forgiveness and forward thinking 
and forward movement is is a is a good move because right. yeah if you if you foster bitterness or or again people wronging you which has been abundantly clearly done um, that will it consumes your mind it would consume our minds and and how do you how do you lead how do you um, care for God's people how do you like how do you do ministry effectively and and to God's glory mm. if you're sitting oh man like I've been wronged and I I mean we're, we're told that to count it joy when we're persecuted mm-hmm. you know, for this for the name of Christ yeah, so right. celebrate I'm celebrating it, it's sad in so many ways to see you know people who proclaim to be lovers of God um, to be to be fake to, to, to be camouflaged in what they truly are um, but but that's that's now behind and and we we are people of forgiveness which i think we've done a, a lot of talking about and we we are a, a forgiving people and i think we genuinely are and i think yeah. that's one of the marks of the church yeah. is forgiving uh, so, and moving forward so if anybody from the church at sunsites is watching this uh, i mean and I'm, and I'm sure they will right um there are people there who have no idea what happened right none um, they know maybe a few details and what's been said. Uh, people in the Sunsites community, apparently there was a big eruption of stuff out of the church at Sunsites. That's crazy. That involved mm. my name, right? Mm. Uh, I have no idea what was said there. If I tried to guess, I'd probably be wrong. Neither do I. No idea what was being said or done, but apparently there was this, just this big explosion of stuff. And... Mm. and uh, but there are people there who know, and if I could say anything to them, um, it would just be, "I'm praying for you, and I hope that uh, I hope that you are able to persevere in sound doctrine, in love of Christ, um, and that the kingdom of God is strengthened by the work God has God has done by His." providence i know his kingdom will be i just really hope that the church at sunsites gets to be a part of that that the the lampstand isn't removed Mm. um so that's that's my prayer and that's my hope uh i love them yeah i love i love everyone there um even those who chose to make me an enemy yeah uh, for whatever reason so yeah i miss so much about it too such such fun and thriving relationships um it's really sad to have that just cut off so Mm -hmm. so um, what is it? Immediate and, and, and what's the word I'm thinking of? Just so bluntly, yeah. um, out of nowhere for that to end. It's mm-hmm. like just tearing hearts yeah. apart. And that was, that was sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were torn apart about a lot of those broken relationships. I hope too, like you're saying, um, with the people, man, there, there are some reasons that I, I have not reached out to you, um, which is soon to end. So, I, I, I have some legal stuff that was fallaciously accused against me um, that I'm dealing with. And once that's over, which I am going to expose a lot of that. Once that's over, the people I have been out of contact with, I plan on just reaching out with. And, man, I, I, I miss several of, of, of those people that we had just such good, good relationships. But that, that is soon to end, too. Uh, Hopefully, with uh, God's provision over all those things, yeah. I've been having to to be wise about how I respond to to malignment and false accusations. That's hard. Man. It's very hard, and and to do it lovingly yeah. and patiently, yeah. um, because when you're slandered uh, and lied about, I mean that's serious stuff. And, the and flesh, you get it. And the flesh wants to come out swinging. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm trying to be patient, trying to do it right, but I got to yeah. respond, and I am, and I'm still missing. Missing those people, and I plan on giving several yeah. people calls soon. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's interesting. It all reminds me of Isaiah's prophecy concerning Christ, uh, that he, that Christ would be silent before his shearers. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, that's Isaiah fifty-three, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he I would think be so. silent before his shearers, yeah. and Christ came, and from the cross, he said, "Father, forgive them." Mm. They don't even know what they're doing. Mm. Please forgive them, Father. And so that's um, 
ultimately that becomes my prayer too. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I hope that he does. Yeah. You know. There is no offense great enough that we can receive that cannot be forgiven. That's right. None. That's right. Um, I mean, I, I, I fully believe you would affirm the same thing. Is that no matter what offense is done against me, um, when genuine repentance is is like desired, I forgive. Yeah. And it may not. It's not easy, especially right. with grievous offenses. But uh, yeah, absolutely every well, offense. And and that's what we were learning in First Corinthians. Yeah. Like at, while all this was going on, First Corinthians chapter five is judge those within the church who are living in sin. Don't judge those outside the church. And then after that, it was the whole talk about lawsuits. Christians Mm. filing lawsuits Mm. against other Christians, right? Taking other Christians to court. And Paul just says, why not rather be wronged? Right. Uh, Why why not? And in order to build up the body, in order to be good to the body, um, if you are concerned about condemning others, being overly critical of everything, Mm. and ultimately tearing others down, the only thing you're going to do is, well, it's, it's even impossible to tear down the kingdom of Christ because oh, yeah. Christ is the one building it, right? right? But you you certainly quench the spirit in that congregation, mm-hmm. um, and you certainly you certainly put your local church at risk of uh, of of having the lampstand removed, like we see in the book of Revelation, right? Right. Um, so the was it the church at Ephesus? Their lampstand would be removed if they didn't return to their first love. You stand for sound doctrine, great. You hate the, the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Mm-hmm. Their doctrine, great. That's good. They are heretics. You right. should hate what they're teaching. But you forgot how to love. Right. Um, repent, or your lampstand will be removed. <laughs> that that was the charge, right? Straightforward. And, and then you had Laodicea, which was opposite. Mm. To hold to some form of love, you're forsaking all sorts of doctrine. Repent. <laughs> you know, it's both extremes are are terrible. We, we've got to have both. And, and I think if someone really knows God through sound doctrine, what God has taught us about Himself, um, I think that person will learn to love. And we learn what love is in First Corinthians 13, right? Not bearing any grudges. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it, right? Uh, n- not bringing up someone's personal offenses against you not even holding it against them right okay um which means that we will be offended by others within the church but ultimately what offends us doesn't matter only what offends god matters right and that's uh that's where our attention is to be fixed on christ and the more we focus on others say if we were to just let um whatever happened in the past whatever it was, if that just nibbles at us and nibbles at us and we can't stop thinking about it, all that's going to cause is bitterness in our lives, uh, which we see some evidence of growing bitterness, right, all around us in families and in churches and in workplaces, all sorts of relationships. People grow bitter because they hold grudges and they hold, they're offended by somebody and they hold that against them instead of forgiving them, Mm -hmm. even if the person didn't sin, right? Oh, I'm offended, so I'm bitter. Um, and well, that causes us just not to walk with Christ and I think it's as simple as that yeah so uh, that being said uh, the last episode was some time ago <laughs> the last <laughs> episode time on Blacktop Pulpit it seems <laughs> and, and we were talking about plural eldership amen right yeah. uh, which is a great idea and uh, we were praising the uh, the appointing of um an elder uh, as part of a body of elders uh and today we're talking about covenant community which is a part of that forgiveness is part of what it means to live in covenant community uh, i see with my little eyes <laughs> all right you gonna start singing oh yeah okay <laughs> I, it's been a while since i've done that too i need to get on the ball here <laughs> i i seem to witness at least in the American church here in the 21st century, seem to witness a form of doing church and church membership that leans toward a legal definition of what it means to be a member of an organization rather mm-hmm. than a biblical definition of what it means to be a part of a church community. 
and I've sort of I've started designated des- designating between those by saying one is legal membership, which is the law side of the organization side, uh, you know, bylaws, constitution, mm. membership, membership rights. Hear this language right? Membership rights, membership privileges, membership voting. Mm. Hear all that legal, 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 not legalistic but legal as in dealing with the law of the United States right? Okay, rather than the Bible and then you have something that's totally different and I think very few churches catch on to this um, churches catch on to this uh, is what it means to live in covenant community um, what are your thoughts? oh man <laughs> That's a, that's a large can to open, it, isn't it? It's a yeah. huge can to open. It's such an important can to open because the, the, whole, the whole life of the church uh, covenanting together. Let, let me rephrase that. That is the life of the church is covenanting together. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we live in communion with each other and, 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 our, and our lives together is to build one another up. Um, and to bear the fruit of repentance, we talked about that already. So, like, like we're we're instructed, commanded to to confess our sins to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, like living together is in, in in God's context of the local church is God's plan for sanctifying His people yeah. and reaching the world with the gospel. Yeah. So you're 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 purifying. Together, you're bearing each other's burdens. I mean, all the one another's that we read throughout Scripture, um, loving each other. You know, bearing bearing burdens. I don't want to skip over that too quick right. either, because when again covenanting together, um, if you're truly bearing someone's burdens, mm-hmm. uh, you you are hurting with them. Like like I I think through um, walking with people through a loss of a left one, yeah. um, that. Walking with them, that that bearing their burdens and, and or, or their pains or their sufferings, like you, you don't just say, "Hey, you know, sorry for your loss." And that's not a bad thing to do. But the the, the life and the work of the church is closest. It's family. It's greater than family. Um, Wait, <laughs> I said it. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bearing one another's burdens is an interesting concept when living in covenant community. Mm. Um, instead of being quick to renounce others or forsake others or just uh, tell others you want nothing more to do with them, um, we become more concerned about others than we do our own even expectations of others, right? Yeah. So let's say I can have my expectations of you. This, mm-hmm. this is what I expect of you. And there's so many things as, too. As my friend, <laughs> as, as, a, as a fellow Christian, mm-hmm. as a, a church member. <laughs> Legal member or covenant member? <laughs> like my symbols are? <laughs> I'm not even sure this fits into either of those categories actually. Okay. <laughs> I have so many expectations of you. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you don't meet those expectations, I am judging and I'm condemning and I'm booting, giving you the boot, right? Uh, after all, why why do we need to be friends if if you're not meeting my expectations? Right. Well, the gospel teaches us that it's actually a very worldly way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I only if Christ even spoke like this. We love those who love you. What benefit is that to you? Right. Sinners and the tax collectors do that, yeah. right? Jesus' exact words. Well, if you talked in English. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Andrew, give us the exact <laughs> words. The exact I know you words. could do this. <laughs> I've been memorized in the Greek. Or the Hebrew. Or the Aramaic. Okay? So, I know somebody who might have well, memorized in the Expectations Aramaic. just failed right there. <laughs> just failed. And, and people don't realize that when we exalt our expectations like that, Everyone is going to fail. Not a single person who can live up to that. Right. Mm. And what gets me is so many people glorify their own expectations so much, they almost make those expectations their God. Mm. 
they do make those expectations their God and they treat their expectations as if those are God's expectations and then we hear Jesus speaking through that my yoke is easy my burden is light woe to you scribes and Pharisees this is Matthew Matthew's gospel woe to you scribes and Pharisees who place all of these heavy burdens on people without lifting a finger to help mm. yeah um, Jesus condemned that sort of religion so when it comes to Douglas Reformed Church we can't be that let's not <laughs> so, be that let's not be that that's, not, <laughs> that's a good starting spot that's a good starting spot let's not let's not put all these religious expectation burdens on and just to just to show people we're not going to be like that here. Amen. No, no expectations. <laughs> that could be our tagline. Douglas Reform Church. No expectations. But for real, though, no expectations. Yeah. And almost every church will say, come as you are. Mm. What they mean is, come in your t-shirt and jeans if you want. Mm. Um, but then you get in the church. Make sure you follow these rules. And there's, yeah, make, make sure you do the right things. Make sure you look like this. Make sure you modify your behavior. Your kid's uh, interrupting the service. Kids, oh, kids, <laughs> get him out of here, get right? Out of here. No, uh, kids interrupted Jesus' service. Yeah. And he said, don't you dare keep them from me. It would be better for you if a heavy millstone were tied around your neck and you'd be tossed into the sea. That's how Jesus felt about it. Mm. Uh, so I think that's how I'm going to feel about it too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no expectations. Really, come as you are. Um, bring your burdens with you. Right. Bring your baggage with you. Bring who you are with you. Say, so, oh, but I, I cuss like a sailor. Better to cuss like a sailor in and be in church than to just cuss like a sailor and neglect the gathering. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, bring the baggage with you. We are here to bear one another's burdens, and I think that's all-inclusive. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't dare pray. Lord, help us to leave our baggage at the door and come in here and present our best selves to you. Right. Now, Jesus wants our worst selves. That's why he came. That's why he gave himself on a cross. He wants the worst of us. Yeah. He came to seek and save the lost. It is not the righteous who need a savior. It is sinners. Sinners. That mm-hmm. is not the well who need a doctor. It is the sick. Uh, that is that is who the church is for. And to those types of people, people who have a lot of baggage, we invite you to come and see as soon as we start meeting. Right. You know, which is when uh, September fifth, unofficially. Unofficially. <laughs> <laughs> Officially, October thirty first. Reformation. Reformation Day. Day. <laughs> no. Perfect launch day. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anybody's welcome to come join us before that. Just contact us to get information because yeah. we don't know if we'll be in our meeting spot. You're welcome to come join us. Um, but officially, Absolutely not, welcome, yeah. Absolutely I'm not, not going to keep people away like, we're the insiders first. The insiders no. first. <laughs> no, we got we to gotta do the whole charter membership thing. <laughs> charter membership. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing blood membership. Like, we're going to prick your uh, finger and put it on the scroll. Yeah. Something not. <laughs> um, RFID chips. Oh, the, man. In the right hand and forehead. You know, <laughs> you're, you're going to start really bad rumors. Right? Really like, bad like, rumors. Like all, 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 all those guys are like waiting for the mark of the beast to come. Like, it's like a church to start referring RFID tech in their hand. Is that a cult or a church? Look, I already know because Reformed is in the name. Yeah, people are going to call it a cult. Yeah. No, it's not a cult. Uh, Colts have a few marks that you can look for. Mm-hmm. One, they are geared around a personality rather than around Christ. Yep. Two, they promote secret knowledge, have levels of membership. That's a big where one. Where you can attain to that secret knowledge or yep. health and wealth. Um, those are the two major marks of cult. Yeah. And I can name a couple cults offhand, right? Mm. Masonic Lodge. Mm. Uh, Scientology. Mormonism. Yeah. Okay. No doubt. Um, so that that would be the definition of a cult. Uh, biblical Christianity is not. Not a cult. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> our, our knowledge is open. Our stuff is free. Like 
uh, our doors are open to the public. You can come see everything we're about. We're up front. We don't yeah. hold anything back. All right. Let's, let's, really give, let's give a 30 second kind of <laughs> just reaffirmation of what reformation is. Douglas Reformed Church to reform simply means like we're always bringing what we say and do back to scripture. Yeah. That's what reform, reformed means. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's where, you know, <laughs> if we think we're parenting the right way, we check it regularly. How we do it based off of scripture. Mm-hmm. How we do church. Like, why are we singing? Why are we preaching exegetically? Like, why are... Let's make sure. Because we don't want to get too caught up I, in thinking that we're super righteous and how we're doing everything. Exegetically or expositorily? Expositorily. Exegetically. <laughs> Another episode. I, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that could be a whole, <laughs> a whole episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, re, reform. Deform again. We need this because mm. the church has gotten that thing so far away from scripture. Biblical covenant community, right? We've gotten so far away from this that we need to return to the source of our faith, and that is the Word of God. Amen. Um, and it is in the Word of God that we find the power for all of life and ministry. It is through the Word of God that the Holy Spirit affects our hearts toward Christ, and that Christ builds us into his own image to the glory of the Father, and that all happens through the regular exposition of God's Word, um, and by no other means. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm strong on that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the proclaimed Word, not adding you know our opinions and stories and perspectives, but the proclaimed Word of God is powerful, is living, is transformational. It, it, is, it is the heart of the church. Like We, we are desperate to lean on and depend on God's revealed word, not ours, not our intellect or education right. or a posture and, and, and a position and, and reputation. It's simply, what does God say? What is he revealed to us? Mm. And, and, and how do we expose that to all the hearers of the church? Yeah. Um, I'm talking about the word. Um, there are two places on my mind. Of course, you read the you got to read the whole Bible to get a sense of what covenant community is mm. um, because it is strung throughout um, from the marriage of Adam and Eve to the consummation of Christ's kingdom yeah. at, at the end of Revelation. It's mm. throughout, mm. right? Covenant community. Um, but in the New Testament, Acts chapter 2, which we looked at last week together, uh, we see the basic church covenant, Right? And the, the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. 3,000 people were added to Christ's church there in Jerusalem. That 3,000 people became the f- very first local New Testament church. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit came in and dwelt the people and affected heart change within the people such that they started desiring different stuff. Mm. Those are the technical terms. <laughs> started desiring different stuff. It's- and things. <laughs> that works. <laughs> works. And we see there, the Holy Spirit moves and we see the, the people's response to the Holy Spirit. Like when the Holy Spirit actually moves in us and guides us and leads us and, and transforms us. And we see the people's reaction. There, there are two reactions. One is a reaction, a positive response to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The second reaction, a negative response to the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit convicts and, and encourages um, speaks to us for our good, uh, affects us toward change in response to the word of God for our good. And we either rebel against the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, or... He changes our mind. Or we change, <laughs> right? Yeah. In this case, the people changed. Yeah. And this is what the whole, how the Holy Spirit led them to change. Yeah. And with many other words... He, was Peter, solemnly testified, kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his word, the preaching of the Bible, right, were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So the apostles' teaching, that's the very first thing they were devoted to. All of a sudden, I'm hungry for the Word of God. Yeah. So now I'm devoted to this, not in a legalistic way, not in a way that, oh, if I forget to read my Bible one day, I'm condemned and I should feel horrible about myself. Not in that kind of way, but in a way that I desire this. 
I need to know more. I need to sit at Jesus' feet. I need to go to church and sit under the good yeah. preaching of God's word. I need this. And man, is that like such like a profound reality of a change of mind because the natural person does Doesn't not desire, desire God's right. word. And you can't manufacture that. That's why so many churches have to change what draws people is because you can't you can't convince somebody in their natural state to love God's word. That's right. You can't so, do it. So if you have an expository church yeah. built upon the testimony of the word of God, well, who's going to be attracted to that? <laughs> people being drawn by the spirit. That's right. Not people being drawn by the methods of man. That's right. Um, so if you're not drawn to that, you, you probably don't have the Holy Spirit, which means you're probably not saved. But if you're hungry for that, you will find an expository church. Uh, yeah. no, nothing else will satisfy your hunger. Right. Nothing else will. Right. Because that's that's the kind of hunger the Holy Spirit gives us. Without that, we can be sure that we don't have the Holy Spirit. You know, right? Continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, the local church. Continually devoting themselves, apostles' teaching and the gathering, the fellowship of believers in the local church, to the breaking of bread, mm. eating together, and the Eucharist. Right? Continually mm. devoting themselves and to the prayers. Um, exemplified by Christ's example prayer, right? They're not praying for God to change his mind about stuff. Not trying to sway God by by their many words, which I hear in quite a few different places. Right? Mm. If we only prayed more, God might answer those prayers. Mm. Um, if if you want to see a response to the worship service like you've never seen before, you have a prayer team praying during the whole service in another oh, room. So they're not hearing the word of God, but they're over there praying. And that, that will cause God to How do more during the service. How righteous <laughs> of them. They're part of the prayer team. Right. Oh, Jesus oh, taught man. Jesus taught us not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Not by their many words. Yeah. God isn't dumb. He knows what you need before you need it. God isn't deaf. You don't need to be louder. <laughs> right. Don't uh, be repetitious. Don't be repetitious. Don't babble like the idiots. Oh, I mean, like man. the Gentiles. Like the, <laughs> like the unbelievers. I don't... That's... God... No. God yeah. gets annoyed with that kind of stuff. And, right. And like God was showing me this last mm-hmm. week. Stop praying and get to work. <laughs> <laughs> like God actually told Moses to stop praying. Twice in his life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, God doesn't need all of our prayers. It's good for us to pray. But the prayers, the very specific prayers the book of Acts refers to, that's, that's like prayers that change us, not God. Mm. Not pleading with God to change his mind or to do something that he hasn't done yet, but to say, Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. It starts with praise. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, which is already promised it would happen. Right. Right? We're submitting to him in this prayer. We're not begging. We're getting on his program. We're getting on his program. Yeah. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as it's already been decided. Your kingdom come on earth. Your will be done on earth, which is the messianic vision from the Old Testament. Right. Oh, now we're going to start getting into post-millennialism. Okay. Right? But Jesus told us to pray for that to happen. That's right. He told us to pray for the post-mill vision. Yeah. Bring your kingdom to earth. Bring your kingdom to the earth. And we're submitting to that because that's what you promised. And yeah. Jesus is fulfilling this. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Provide for us today. Give us what is sufficient according to your will. Mm. It comes after that, right? Mm-hmm. According to your will, please provide what is sufficient so we can do the work you have called us to do so we can be on your program. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive others who have sinned against right. us right and then there's the warning at the end of the prayer if you don't forgive others neither are you forgiven by the father huge huge yeah. so that, that's the prayer being referred to here this is a basic covenant community right here mm-hmm. so we come together and instead of me focusing on you and all my expectations <laughs> of you together we're focused at the cross that's right right the apostles teaching the fellowship the breaking of bread the prayers right. the community together focused on that rather than on scrutinizing one another all the time.
Just right. Just say that. Just be very careful. <laughs> so, <laughs> that look looks familiar to me, Andrew. Are you like showing me something that maybe you need a little confession? You know? <laughs> Give me that eye. <laughs> I don't think I do it very well, though. Like, I feel like I'm crazy or something. Like <laughs> people are gonna think I'm crazy, yeah. Joe, rather than intimidating. Yeah. You know, now I love how our, our, our prayers like are, is instructed by Jesus. Like it's yeah. the, it's it's bringing ourselves to, to the the foot of the cross. It's bringing ourselves into submission of God. It's 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 aligning our hearts the way they're supposed to be oriented, mm. which is to the glory of God and his, you know That's and it. His fame amongst yeah. the earth. Like He wants His fame. He tells it tells us to pray that way. He He wants us. To, to think that way mm-hmm. and, and to see it accomplished. Right. You know, and, and how is it accomplished? We, we're praying it. We're, we're desiring it. We're wanting to align our hearts that way. Mm-hmm. And this is the beginning. This is, this, is what, this is what he wants us to focus on and how we pray and, and, and act. Right. Yeah. And we focus on everything else. Mm. Right? Unfortunately. I mean, yeah. that's, and that seems to be what I see in most local churches. I won't say all yeah. local churches, but most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a, a complete forsaking of a deep dive into the apostles' teaching. Right, forsaken in the church, a forsaking of the fellowship. Every excuse I can come up with not to meet, I'm going to do it. Oh um, man, and and a forsaking there of covenant community. So when we do meet, this is going to be more like a, a social club or encouragement hour or pep talk hour, right. rather than. Rather than us actually living in beneficial community together, covenanted, devoted. Come and to get your practical life lessons for the week. I'll right. teach you how to save your money well, or yeah. or, or how to get a better house. And, and or, three reasons like, like kiss dating goodbye. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. that dude apostatized. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> to the breaking of bread, which mm. actually mean continually devoted. As often as they come together, as often as they come into fellowship, eating, hallelujah, one, amen, amen. and amen, right? every, every, every gathering, eating together, yeah. um, one, that provides um, time for people to get to know one another, to build, right. build solid relationships, two, it provides people who don't have a meal to come get a meal. That's right. Yeah. Breaking bread, and then this also, I believe, includes the Eucharist, having mm-hmm. communion with Christ at the Lord's table every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, the Lord's Supper every mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, which at Douglas Reformed Church is going to be real wine and bread. Finally, finally, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting a while for this. No juicy crackers here. <laughs> we, we might have a juice option. Yeah, juice options yeah. are fine. But uh, let's, there's. The, the alcoholic content, yeah, that symbolizes the like the cleansing power of the blood of Christ. Yeah, um, you can't you can't ignore that. Everything God <laughs> does has clear yeah. purpose. Well, yeah. unless we confound His words, which unfortunately you know happens quite mm-hmm. a bit. But the, the the plain teaching and purposes of God, you know, He doesn't choose to do things with no reason. Right, and and there's a reason. Obviously, at the table, you know, he, he said, "This is this is the, the blood of my covenant." There, go paraphrasing. This is yeah. the help me. This is my blood. This is my, my new covenant. covenant. Yeah, Put yeah. It out for you as as, and he doesn't even say, you know, observe this every once in a while and remember me. He says, "As often as you drink the fruit of the vine, do so in remembrance That's of me." That's right. Which means even you're sitting at home, long day at work. You have the fruit of the vine. For me, it's mm. a whiskey or a beer, mm. right? Mm. And you drink it. And God has assigned it meaning. Right. Now, every time you take a sip, yep. it's to call to remembrance the blood of Christ and its cleansing power. Right. Every sip. Mm. Um, which is amazing to me. Drinking whiskey to the glory of God. To the glory. Who knew? <laughs> There are some people going to watch this. I have a problem with that. <laughs> there are going to be a lot of people that watch this. I have a problem with that. But again, this is part of not not putting burdens on people right. that God has not prescribed. That's like, right. and and the whole idea of like alcohol being a taboo 
is is one of those burdens that you're placing on people that you know, don't smoke, don't drink, <laughs> don't drink, you know, don't like, smoke, don't get tattoos. Like, are we gonna talk about sex? No, let's not go. Don't there you right dare wear a snapback <laughs> in church. <laughs> yeah, it's like man's <laughs> rules, and yeah. and it's so important, mm-hmm. you know, not to not to start again with the heaping of of rules and systems upon people's shoulders. And oh, this is what Christianity is. Is like oh, well, it's no wonder that people come to churches and they think well. Well, you know, I I want you know, I, I want a different life, but you know, here it's like I, I just I'm following a new subscriptive rules, and right. and what is it? It's just a different system. Yeah, no, like they, they, it's understandable why they think that is because we have heaped rules on people yeah, that shouldn't be. That's right. And and obviously without lifting a finger to help. Yeah. Oh man! Like Jesus condemned the Pharisees. Yeah. For. That's exactly what he condemned the Pharisees for. Right. And Christians do it and think they're holier because they do it. Right. Right. Why? Uh, you're not you're not holier. Right. Your your piousness is is so according to a worldly definition of what it means to be pious. Mm. We are not of the world. What do we have to do with worldly definitions now? Uh, nothing. We are in Christ. Right. So mm. yeah. Uh, so I have because I preach stuff like that, and I and I have for a while now because I just walk through the Bible and the Bible makes claims like that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I have been accused of being a free grace guy. Like, oh, huh. oh, you're you you don't like the law, huh? Oh, and we affirm the law. <laughs> we definitely affirm the law, and we are all condemned by the law. Yeah, every single one of us. That's right. I am just unwilling to call sin what the Bible does not call sin. Right. Um, I I do not hesitate to address real sin. But it's going to be real sin. I'm not going to make something up just so I can condemn somebody. <laughs> no kidding. So, there you go. There, there's plenty that we do against God's desires without making up new things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My goodness. Like, the work He does in sanctifying us, transforming us into the image of Christ. Like, that work is... is there's plenty to be done there without us heaping on additional right. things on top of that. Right. Um, all right, one other passage. So this refers to, in general, the covenant community of believers, mm-hmm. which is what the Holy Spirit works together when the Holy Spirit brings a people to Christ. And Christ directs the worship of that people toward the Father. That covenant community looks like what we just read. Those are the things they are devoted to, not by any manner of legalism, but because that's the desire the Holy Spirit gives us. Right. But to get a little more specific about the offices of the church within covenant community and the covenant that the the officers of the church are to have to one another. Um, first, I, I see First Peter chapter five, uh, verses one through five. Therefore, I this is Peter, who is at this point the chief elder and not the first pope. The chief elder. Okay, there's a difference. difference. Therefore, I, Peter, the chief elder, exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder. There, Mm. when he says fellow elder, he puts himself at their level. A fellow elder. Not an elder above you, not your pope, but a fellow elder. That's right. Um, So as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you. So this is the elder's responsibility to the flock, to the congregation, right, in the local church. Shepherd the flock of God among you. What does that mean? He tells us. No, no, no. Don't read the Bible. We have to come up with our opinions on this, right? What do I feel? Tell me your opinion. What does this mean to you? What do you feel that means? It's all a matter of interpretation, Andrew. Had one guy tell me... One guy tell me, um, what do you think an elder is supposed to be? I said, well, I get that from First Timothy chapter 3, you know, the qualifications there. I said, well, what does that say? I said, well, it means to, uh, to be prudent, respectable, gentle, not interested in sort of game, not a lover of money, the husband of one wife, and I went down the list. This person said, you, you forgot one. Mm. I said, which one did I forget? He said, live above reproach. I said, well, yes, I didn't list that one. <laughs> mm. 
but live beyond reproach is defined by the rest of the passage. That's, like, right. that's what it means that's to right. live beyond reproach. You don't just make make up what it means to live beyond reproach. No, living yep. beyond reproach is being the husband of one wife, managing your household well, yep. not being interested in sort of gain. That's what it means. So I, I, I was telling you exactly what you asked for. Right. <laughs> so I was, yeah. Uh, so people take scripture all the time and do that. They don't do the exegetical work. They just say, I'm assigning meaning to that. So what meaning do you often hear assigned to shepherd the flock of God among you? What do people say it means to shepherd for a, for a pastor to shepherd? Um, you're their boss. Okay, I've heard that one. <laughs> heard one guy say, "Do you carry a? Uh, are are you a are you a shepherd or a general? A general? Yeah. This was when I was serving in Salisaw, Oklahoma, Eastside Baptist Church. I said, "Are you a shepherd or a general?" Huh. I said, "Well, Scripture instructs me to be a shepherd." He says, "Sometimes you just got to be more like a general." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm the one commanding. Where's my infantry? Where's my yeah? <laughs> About face. <laughs> we had to go conquer this town. It's like, bro, hold on a second. We're not going to war. <laughs> did everybody bring your guns today? <laughs> Actually, they probably did. Oh. <laughs> Leave your baggage at the door. No. <laughs> General, bring General your baggage passes. in with you so we can count it and ah. and load our weapons. With it. <laughs> we are not a guy of war against flesh and blood. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else? What else have you heard people say it means to for pastors to shepherd the flock of God? Mm. Here's here's what I hear most often: pastoral visits. Oh yeah. In fact, I've heard quite often, you're a good preacher, but not a very good pastor or shepherd, right? That's a contradiction. Right. (laughs) And their definition of what it means to shepherd is go visit, uh, make sure people feel loved and not neglected, Mm. right? Um, Make sure people feel good about themselves, comfortable, Um, make sure people's preferences are Oh, goodness. And what it comes down to ultimately is they want a a chaplain rather than a pastor, but they don't know how to designate that. They don't know how to differentiate between the two. And you know what it means to be a chaplain. Sure do. Something quite different. (laughs) Yeah, something quite different than being a pastor. Yeah. Um, Yep. Some of the same counseling might be present there, but Mm -hmm. it's something quite different. Chaplain is is a position invented by the world. Right. Um, I, I I think it's a good position. Sure is, uh, you know, um, but it's still invented by the world. It's not given in scripture. But when I, when people try to describe to me what they think a shepherd should do, most often it comes out sounding like the worldly position, chaplain. Yeah, and I think that's because it's been the, the a previous generation that's been their experience with pastors. Pastors became that for them, uh, forsook in depth Bible teaching for things like visitation and doing weddings right. and doing funerals and doing all of that when the Bible doesn't actually instruct shepherds to do any of that. In fact, right. uh, like you were going to do, you need an <laughs> We don't do that here. <laughs> this is exactly what we do here. <laughs> Shepherd the flock of God among you. Yeah. And then Peter explains exactly what he means. To shepherd means to exercise oversight. Well, that's not what people want. <laughs> that is not what people want. Yeah. So the shepherd means to exercise oversight. So this is the elders' covenant responsibility to the congregation. That's right. Right? Exercise oversight, not under compulsion, which means, um, and I've had churches do this to me too, right? And uh, I'm sure you've seen it done. I've mm-hmm. seen it done in many places. We pay you. We're going to give you a job description. That's compulsion. Yeah. Did you look at the bullet points of your responsibilities? Just look at the footnotes. Did you read my mind and know the unspoken expectations? Right. Right. Uh, So exercising oversight, not under compulsion. Scripture actually instructs us not to do ministry like that. Right. Interesting. Right. Not under compulsion, but voluntarily 
according to people's expectations. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't see that. Before. <laughs> no, know, it doesn't. A lot that. of people need to like hit the back thirty seconds real quick because they're gonna miss the. <laughs> yeah. No, according to the will of God. That's, that's right. What, and where do we find the will of God? In the Bible. All right. <laughs> Actually, There's a theme here. He I'm told seeing. us his will. <laughs> like, like it seems too easy. The, the, yeah. We need somebody to come with revelation right now because this is too simple. Too simple. I mean, yeah. just the Bible. Just that's it. Just the Bible. It's the will be more. of God. Uh, well, we are creedal, so there's that. <laughs> Heretic. Heretic. <laughs> just the Bible. Oh, oh, but that's a creed. That's right. <laughs> right. According to the will of God, and not for sordid gain. So if I mm. do anything. If I appease anyone in order to keep a position, sort of game. Oh man, yeah. In order, if I, if I'm doing this in order to earn a paycheck, sort of sort of game. If I'm doing this in order to put butts in seats, sort of game. Oh, right. I am like so. I I just have such a burden right now as you're talking for the people like the 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 men who are called. Like genuinely, not hirelings, but like like called yeah. to shepherd the flock, right. and, and and are unfortunately in just droves. They are put into these horrible positions where they have these bad expectations mm. from others that are being cast on them. They they have a genuine desire to love and to care for people and to proclaim God's word, but it's not bringing enough people into the church. So now, you know, maybe you need to get a better PowerPoint going or yeah, you know, poor, better PowerPoint. Why are you using PowerPoint still? Cooler hair. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you wore a suit. <laughs> a suit. Or you should start wearing shorts and sandals and like got to get hip with this current generation. Please, Man, like, please, How no. many burdens no. are being cast on <laughs> men like that have this genuine desire and, and it's being, it's being hampered by like just this well, legalism. And, and yeah. how many... How many congregations are forcing their elders mm. to live in sin? Mm. Right? That's quenching the Holy Spirit right, right. there. That's mm. muzzling an ox while he's threshing the grain. That's what that is. Right. And uh, the scripture warns us against that, instructs us against that, yeah. not for sordid gain. So the pastor who gives into that is living in sin. That's right. The congregation that requires that is living in sin. Right. And, uh, there needs to be repentance in America for that. Yep. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure other places in the world too. Uh, Australia for sure. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Um, England for sure. Right. Mm. Um, probably some other places. Those are just the ones I could think of specifically. I could think of churches there that need to repent on this basis. Um, sordid gain, compulsion. It's wrong. Right. Instead, voluntarily, according to the will of God. With eagerness, the elders should mm. be excited about his duties, not weighed down by them. Wow, that's right? awesome! With eagerness, yeah. Also, though, not as lording it over those allotted to your charge. This is part of the elders' covenant with with the congregation, with the covenant community. Right. Is uh, and, and by elder for any anybody listening who doesn't know, elder is just another term for pastor. Like that's that's right. what we call the office. Right. Yeah. It's it's not. According to one's age, it is according to the calling of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, not as lording it over those allotted to your charge. So acting like a king. Which right. is easy to do if you're the only elder. If you're the only one. Which yeah. is why you need a plurality of elders. Right. Um, and it's also really easy to do if you have um, a body of deacons that act like elders. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, Quasi-deacons. Or just a couple elders who treat the church like it belongs to them right right um it's really easy to get into that but we're we're instructed against that not as lording it over those allotted to your charge which is why you need multiple elders and why you need elders who are sincere and honest not yes men and not all interested in the same sort of sort of gain right Right. Uh, which can be tricky which is why we're given the qualifications for elders uh in in scripture um, but proving to be examples to the flock. So what kind of oversight is this? It's, it's not oversight as if I'm lording authority over you. It's oversight in such a way that I'm setting the example with my lifestyle, the way I do ministry, the way I treat my wife and my son, 
the way I work, my work ethic, mm-hmm. um, whether whether I give my time to the to study and prayer to present God's word, or whether I have a a job in the world, right? Whether I'm a tent maker, um, it's to be an example, to be an example in repentance uh, when I sin, to be man enough to repent. Before I thought God, elders don't sin, right? Do what? I thought elders don't sin. Forget that. <laughs> the Bible, the Bible never gives us that. It it's never grants perfect, that. Right? So, huh. I mean, that's how that's how we present ourselves too often. <laughs> oh, it's the pastor. You <laughs> got the pastor and the peons. False. <laughs> false. False. Very yeah. false. Right. Yeah. Proving to be examples to the flock, and when the chief shepherd appears. You will receive the unfading crown mm. of glory. Mm. You younger men, which is also a word here that does not refer to age. So elders refers to an office at first, and now Peter is juxtaposing younger men with elders. Yep. This means one who is not as knowledgeable, one who is under the authority of the elders in the church. That's the term being used here. Mm. It's not just a younger man. And people, they don't do the exegetical work, and they're like, Oh yeah, you kids need to submit. It's, yeah. no, this is this is the rest of the congregation. So this is the other side of the covenant, right? Yeah. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, all of you. Clothe all of you. There it is. Look, mm. clarification. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud. That ought to scare us. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore. Humble yourselves under the mighty mighty hand of God. When we are humble under the mighty hand of God, we are subject to the elders of the church. Mm. Um, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. That you may exalt yourself by causing a big commotion. No, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Casting Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares Mm. for you. And the result of this kind of covenant between the offices is God God's God's care for us being felt. Mm. A softening of hearts, a joy I think comes along oh, with absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Christian community that isn't anxious toward one another. Too often church hurt happens because people are all anxious toward one another. No. How are how are they going to be out to get me today? Mm. Mm. Um, who's who's coming against me this time? Right. Well, what are they going to say now? I really just don't want to go to church. That's exhausting. Sure. Right? Yep. Um, but there are quite a few churches that just aren't worth going to. Right. Um, quite a few teachers that just aren't worth sitting under. You're not going to benefit from them because they're not expositing the Word of God and the community you're, you're joining in with is not a covenant community. It's some kind of legal community. Yeah. Um, it's a social club, and there's no benefit there. Uh, sadly, I think this is a majority church in America now. What am I going to get from you if I join your church? Yeah, what am I going to give me? Well, we'll start with a gift bag. Gold <laughs> will fall from the ceiling. Gold will fall from the ceiling. <laughs> Thanks, Paul <Brother> Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, the covenant community. In a nutshell, I'm sure we'll see a lot more of that as we walk through Scripture. Yeah, that's a nutshell. <laughs> that's definitely a nutshell. Yeah. Um, but man, such a such a, a critical function of the church because, again, like get, getting into this mindset of of the of the legal aspect of church membership, it's it, it's 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 become so detached from what we see in Scripture that that. I really believe that most people, and I've been here too, like just don't have a, a, a real understanding of what it means, like the significance to covenant with another person, right. and, and more so with a body of believers. And and this isn't just for the health of the church, but it's for you too. Like when you're in covenant with someone, like that's the true benefit. Yeah. That's like the what do I get? Mm-hmm. It's like like you get. You get the Lord supernaturally working in your life yeah. and your family's lives, 
um, bringing about his good in your life in a biblical way, not in a yeah. prosperous way. I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about bringing theology to the blacktop, okay? mm. which is our goal Absolutely. in this show. Covenant community is where marriages are healed. Mm. I can think of a few people right now, I know personally, who have marriage problems, who are unsatisfied in their marriage relationships. Expectations. Yeah. Covenant community sees marriages healed because we go through the process of sanctification. Right. God intended as a Christian community accountable to one another. It's real, and it's raw, and it's dirty, and sometimes it hurts, but it's for our good. And we see marriages healed. We see families healed. We see children's relationships restored to their parents, right? We see, we see old. You know, you're looking at the light, aren't you? It's blinking. Emmy just disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we got some audio right there. It's all good. <laughs> you see, you see people who have grown bitter softened. Yeah, if, you know when the Holy Spirit really gets a hold of somebody. You see people who hate their jobs. Mm. Look, the job's not going to change, but your heart does. That's right. Um, I've I've never had a job that I just really hated being there. Um, it's not because every job was just amazing. Mm. It's because the Holy Spirit had a hold of my heart and taught me to like what I do and enjoy it while I was there. Like that's it, right? Right. Um, this stuff happens in covenant community. People who are stressed out all the time, anxious all the time, God gives them peace beyond understanding. That happens in covenant community. It doesn't happen apart from that. So you, you wonder why Christians have the same struggles as the world. Christians have the same struggles as the world. because they're not in covenant community. In right. The local church. They're That's just, right. They're just attending. Or they've plugged into a church that has a legal form of membership and not a covenant form of membership. Um, and they are in a church which succeeds at encouraging them, mm. but doesn't succeed in actually seeing them grow up. Mm. Right. Mm. In, into, into spiritual adulthood. And there are many physical adults with, with grown person bodies. That's right. But they are babies. That's right. Babies. And such a sad thing to see too. I mean, when when you're an age where you should have been walking with the Lord, learning from the Lord, and growing in the Lord for so long, that you should you should be such a, a mentor and a leader. Um, you talk about being a biblically qualified elder. Like you should be what it is to be an elder when when you are when you're an elder. In the <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 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 to see children. In adult bodies, yeah, like how sad and not right, and according to God. Now, now if now if somebody in their old age has just come to Christ, different situation, different. Yep. there's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, you're at the beginning of you're at the beginning of your Christian walk, but if you've been a Christian mm. for years and years and years and years, and you've only aged spiritually a couple months, that's right. And aging spiritually doesn't mean memorizing a bunch of scripture. Right. right. It's a it's a spiritual maturity is a change of the heart. It's not just knowledge. Right? Yep. Um, and we we can see our spiritual maturity in the way we react when things happen in life. We see our spiritual maturity when our feet are placed on the coals, so to speak. Mm. We see our spiritual maturity when when we hear rumors and slander and the way we react to that, um, whether if we affirm it immediately uh, or if we decide to check the information and go ask questions, we see our spiritual maturity and our, and our willingness to gracefully interact with others um, rather, than, rather than yelling and screaming. And right. yep. Spiritual maturity comes out in so many ways. New Christians are not expected to be mature in the faith. Right. But people who have been Christians for a while, you ought to be able to look back and say, this is how I've grown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And covenant community does that. Real it sure does. Like, if you spend years in a church and don't grow any, why are you there? Right. 
Why? Does it make sense? They have good coffee. <laughs> I'm a sucker for good coffee. You're in the right but place. The, but the word of but the word of God is I was gonna say sweeter, but mm. coffee my coffee's not really sweet. I hope not. Um, the word of God how do let's see, how do we put this? The word of God is a better roasted coffee. Mm. It's a more robust a more cup. More robust cup. <laughs> and the word of God is a more effective whiskey. Mm. I mean, the Holy Spirit came on Peter and people thought he was drunk in there. That's morning, right. So did. there yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, yeah. what else we got for, I mean, this is just a basic look at Covenant Community. Unless we wanted to start at Genesis 1-1 and just look at Covenant Community. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, start over. I got, start I got time. Over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think that's sufficient for this episode. I like it. Yeah. Uh, pretty good introduction to Douglas Reformed Church, too. So much to say, so little time. <laughs> I know. It'll, it'll all come out. Yeah. Soli Deo Gloria. Amen. Mm. Sola Scriptura. Sola fide. So oh, there it is. Sola gratia. <laughs> Solus Christus. And soli deo gloria. Amen. 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 All right. Well, this has been Black Top Pulpit by Douglas Reformed Church. I am Andrew. And this is Ken. Uh, we hope you check out, uh, what is it, douglasreform.church? That's right. douglasreform.church. Yeah. douglasreform.church. Uh, get in contact with us. Uh, we want to invite you to be a part of our community if you are not already part of a healthy local church. If you are already a member of a healthy local church, stay there. That's right. Um, but if you're not, love to have you. Love to have you gather with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Uh,